Jimmy Haslip is a renaissance man who hasn't let boundaries define him. As an original band member of the Yellow Jackets, his pronounced influence over the past three decades is seen in musicians today. He has demonstrated an uncanny ability to deliver a groove in not only fusion, but also Latin, pop, and international genres. Haslip today has evolved from musician-composer to an in-demand producer extraordinaire. Inside Music Cast is pleased to welcome back Jimmy Haslip. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for joining us again. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm, I love your show. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks so much. Thank you very much. Hey, Jimmy, it's been, um, it's been since 2012 since we've talked to you last, and uh, at that time you were about ready to co-produce um, a project with Jeff Lorber called Hacienda. And uh, and I know that you're, right now you're sort of on the cusp of recording another one with Jeff, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But uh, thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Um, you know, just to remind our listeners, you know, you've you've been around a while, and you've you've played with not only Jeff Lorber, you know, Alan Holsworth, Bruce Hornsby. Uh, Gino Vanelli, Al Jarreau, Donald Fagan, and, and the list goes on, you know. And of course, have been, uh, having been one of the original members of the Yellow Jackets, now your, your musical, uh, discography and, and roster, your portfolio, it's, it, it's pretty deep, you know, but, uh, and all of our listeners know that. Um, but I, I'd like to just take us back just a little bit. And, uh, because one of your solo albums is, is, uh, it's really founded on Latin jazz a little bit, but I want to go back to where you were born in the in the Bronx and uh, you were a Puerto Rican guy w- growing up and you were listening to a lot of salsa and Latin music that type of stuff do you really keep up with Latin music and Latin jazz even today well I try to you know there's so much music out there um, and I'm involved in a lot of different projects that don't necessarily have the influence of, of that kind of music, uh, directly, at least. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I work with a lot of Latinos here in Los Angeles. You know, I do a lot of sessions with Luis Conte. There's a piano player that I work with often from Caracas, Venezuela. His name is Atmaro Ruiz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of Cuban... Uh, musicians are here in town. Uh, a drummer named Jimmy Brandley that I work with often. In fact, he's on. He's playing on. Uh, he's playing congas actually. His, his main instrument is trap drums, but he's playing congas on this new Jeff Richmond record I just finished yeah. producing. So, um, so in that sense, I I'm in touch uh, somewhat with the Latin community here in Los Angeles. Um, I wish it was a deeper connection, but like I say, I'm, I'm working on so many different kinds of, uh, mm-hmm. projects and I'm working with a lot of people all around the world. So, right, yeah. you know, like Norway and, you know, I mentioned to you, I'm working with this gal from Istanbul. Yeah. You know, so that stuff's really different. Right, right, um, right. And, you know, I love Latin music, so I do put it on in the house now and then. You know, I'll put on some uh, some Tito Puente or Celia Cruz or something, uh, you know. And uh, I talked to my brother, who still lives in New York, and uh-huh. my cousin there is um, really involved with the Latin community. So uh, uh-huh. through them, I get to... Uh, 
you know, catch up a little bit on the Latin music yeah. scene in New York. But uh, I love Latin music, and it's a big part of uh, who I am, really, uh, growing up, like you said, listening to a lot of salsa music. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we last had you on the show back in uh, 2012, and I, I think it was during that interview you told us that you considered yourself a self-taught bassist. I basically uh, taught myself the electric bass when I was like in junior high school and, and then uh, played it through high school. Okay. And uh, I studied uh, some brass instruments while I was in high school and junior high school. But okay. When I got out of high school, I I took some lessons, uh-huh. but I I never went to music school. So that's always been a thorn in my side. I always you know feel like I would love to go back to school, yeah, uh, legitimately and study uh, some some theory and some uh, mostly arranging. I'm really interested in mm-hmm. arranging, but I work with a lot of great arrangers like Vince Mendoza, Scott Kinsey, Russell Ferrante, yeah. Uh, Bob Mincer, you know, so uh, uh, working with those guys, uh, it's like being in school almost, you know. imagine so, yeah. Tell us about the, uh, I don't think we asked this the last time we chatted with you, but uh, you you learned to play the bass upside down, is that right? Yeah, uh, I'm naturally Uh left-handed, and when I picked up uh, electric bass, it was 1963, I was 13 years old, yeah. uh, I guess fairly impatient to jump into playing the instrument and the music store I went to only had right-handed instruments. So I bought a right-handed bass and just flipped it over and taught myself a bunch of songs by ear. So that's, that's how it all started. And uh, now I've been playing that way for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> so your strings never really changed in the, in the sequence from up to down or whatever? No, they're, uh, they're completely upside down. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend that to anyone. Uh, <laughs> but I have, <laughs> I have met quite a few um, musicians um, that play that way Yeah, uh, in all the years that I've been playing. And and there were a few guys that inspired me, especially uh, a blues guitarist by the name of Freddie King. Uh, mm-hmm. He played upside down, and I saw him play here in uh, Los Angeles in 1975 uh-huh. um, at a place called the Starwood. And uh, I was really surprised to see that he played that way, and he was rocking the house, so... I thought, well, maybe there's a there's still a glimmer of hope. I can keep doing this and make some music out of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, Jimmy, you've uh, you know you've uh, you know you spent a lot of years uh, with with the Yellow Jackets, who won countless Grammys and uh, and awards, and uh, and the band has so evolved over the years and has produced uh, amazing bodies of work. But and we know that you're not with them right now. But tell us how this iconic. Uh, Quartet, this fusion quartet, you know, influenced you back in the days, you know, in the late seventies, and in uh, going all through the life of the Yellow Jackets to where you are right now. Tell us about the chemistry over the years and and how it's uh, sort of formulated the music that you're doing now. Well, the the band started really as a backup band for guitarist Robin Ford mm-hmm. uh, in in nineteen. I met, I guess I met Robin around seventy seven, seventy eight. Yeah. And um, 
in meeting him, uh, he was talking about doing his first solo record, uh, which he had just signed a deal with Electro Asylum, and he had hooked up with a producer that he was very interested in working with, a guitarist named Steve Cropper. Oh, yeah. And for those who don't know who Steve Cropper is, he was the guitar player in Booker T and the MGs and uh, was responsible for co-writing songs like In the Midnight Hour. Yep, gotcha. A classic R&B tune uh, that was recorded by Wilson Pickett. Yeah. That's where it sort of started. Robin had been touring and playing up, up in Northern California where he was originally born and had hooked up with a piano player um, named Russell Ferrante. And they backed up guys like Charlie Musselwhite, Jimmy Witherspoon, and uh, they also played in bands together up in that area. So when Robin was down here, he decided to bring Russell down to record on this first solo record. Uh-huh. And I had been I had been touring in a band with uh, a drummer named Ricky Lawson. Oh, yeah. So the four of us got together, and uh, we made a record called The Inside Story for Electra. And that was really the inception of the group, because after that, we did a bunch of live playing, uh, mostly in the California area. Yeah southern and northern california but we did travel to the east coast and the midwest as well and then uh robin's manager ended up managing the whole band and got us a separate recording contract with warner brothers to do only instrumental music and that's where the yellow jackets were born very cool and we 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 got signed by tommy lapuma uh who's very creative and wonderful producer. Uh, he's got a long list of credits from Miles Davis to mm-hmm. Bill Evans to Diana Krall, um, Watson Featon. So anyway, we we did our first record as Yellow Jackets in 1980, and that came out on the Warner Brothers label, mm-hmm. and that's, that was the beginning of the, of the band Yellow Jackets. Yeah, and yeah. I was in that band for 31 years. Wow. And we recorded 21 CDs, and we got 18 nominations for yeah. Grammys, and mm-hmm. we won a couple of Grammys, and, you know, it was quite an experience. Uh, you know, I'm still a huge fan of the band. I've been away from the band now almost uh, three and a half years, mm-hmm. and uh, I still work with the guys. I hire uh, Bob Nitzer, Russell Fronte, Will Kennedy mm-hmm. to... Um, uh, do sessions, uh, and um, and even Marcus Baylor. Uh, I've worked with him and his wife, Jean Baylor. So I'm I'm even talking to Mark Russo right right now about um, possibly making a, a new Mark Russo record. Wow, so very cool. That's really. I, cool. I've stayed in touch with all the the alumni from the band, and and <laughs> uh, you know I, I'm I I basically. Three and a half years ago, changed my career and be- became more of a producer than a touring uh, musician. So, yeah. well, I wanted to touch. I wanted to touch on that a little bit because you know, after thirty-one years of of the Yellow Jackets, you know, by the way, a lot of people that we talk to, you know, you're at the point of um, 
you know, when we speak to them, they say, you know, we ask them what their influences were. And quite often they say, you know, oh, the Yellow Jackets, that's one, one, one group. And of course they talk about miles and other things, but Yellow Jackets is always in there. So you, you are, you have influenced a lot of people over the years. Now that with the new role of being producer and going that way, uh, are you enjoying that? The roles have sort of changed a little bit. Well, yes, I, I, it's something that um, even before three and a half years ago, I've given a lot of thought to. Um, prior to leaving the band, I had produced over 70 records and mm. um, over a 20-year span. Uh, since I left the band in 2012, uh, I've produced 27 records. Oh, so wow. I'm close to... Uh, a hundred <laughs> records produced now in hmm. my lifetime. <clears throat> I'm, I'm producing uh, uh, four records right now. Um, so that was one of the turning points, or one of the things, the elements that um, came into play when I was trying to make this decision. It wasn't a, a very easy decision at all. I... I Again, I've been in the band for 31 years. It's right. not an easy thing to walk away from. Yeah. So it took me uh, over a year to make a final decision as far as leaving the band. And to be honest, a huge element in that decision was uh, my family, but um, also an, a, a very big element was the fact that I was getting solicited to produce a lot of records, a yeah. lot of different bands and artists, and um, uh, that was something that was pulling at me and, and yeah. uh, something that I I felt uh, very comfortable doing, and uh, I also felt that it was going to perpetuate the learning experience of being a, a first-class musician. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like in the last three and a half years, I've learned a lot of like I said, I've produced 27 records in three and a half years. I'm producing four more records now. So, yeah, you know, and I have a few other things lined up for for later on in this year. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been nonstop since I left. But but the the good news for me is that I've been home with my family. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I've. I seriously decreased the amount of traveling that I was doing because I was doing an enormous amount of touring and traveling. Yeah. You know, I'd been touring and traveling since the early 70s. So for me, it was a really nice break to to not have to be on that treadmill Um, (laughs) and to be home with my family and also be involved you know, a thousand percent in a lot of different kinds of music, uh, very interesting projects. And, and it also enabled me to hire a lot of musicians that I love working with. Well, you know, and I was curious, uh, something I've been thinking about is, is your collaborations, uh, with Gino and his brother, Joe Vanelli. And, um, how did you first meet Gino and Joe? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I met I met Gino through um, a very good friend. I uh, had been playing with a drummer named Mark Cranny. Okay. And you know Mark passed away some years ago, uh, but he was a brilliant drummer. Uh, I played in several ensembles with him, including the Tommy Bowen Band. 
and he had auditioned for Gino and and uh, was hired to work on a record and a tour, and they were looking for an electric bass player. They had never used electric bass. It was Gino Vanelli all through the seventies was using synth bass. Yeah, you know when you listen to records like Powerful People. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to the Gemini, uh, Pauper in Paradise, it's all synth-based. Okay. So on this record, they were looking to um, add electric bass to the group. And I auditioned, I got I got offered the gig, but I had some other prior commitments, so I couldn't work with them uh, in full capacity, but I did end up recording with them on Brother to Brother. Yeah, that was the first record I did with them, and subsequently I ended up doing another five record projects with them after that. Mm-hmm. So cool. I I I got very close to Joe Vanelli, and years later when I was started doing solo projects, I got together with Joe, and Joe and I co-produced my last two solo records. That was a, that was Ark and, and Red Heat, right? Actually, Red Heat and Nightfall. Ark, I I was my first solo record, and I co-produced that with uh, Vince Mendoza. On, on two of those solo albums, the, those two I just spoke about, Ark and Red Heat, which are fantastic recordings, and they deliver so much, you know, musical variety and, and personalities from you, um, you know, from ethereal to Latin jazz. Again, uh, what I was speaking about before and what was kind of eye-opening for me is that I was enabled to work with a lot of musicians that I um, admire and respect. And that started giving me ideas about producing. Um, So in doing the solo projects, it also um, enlightened me in a way that I thought maybe producing was an area of music that I could pursue and, you know, become more of a producer as time were on. So, you know, my first solo record I did in 1990. So, okay. uh, it took 20 years or so to, to make that decision, but I, I did make that decision in 2012. Yeah. You know, if anybody really likes a great Latin jazz oriented album, your, your Red Heat was, um, it was a great exploration of your musical roots, if I may say so myself. It's it's just a great project. I really recommend this to for in fact I believe you've loaded that up on your website to listen to a couple of samples. So I really encourage our listeners to to do that. Latin jazz. There's a couple of great tracks that you've loaded up. It's called a uh, two are called uh, Calle del Sol and the other one is Fuego, which is uh really, really good stuff. Um so great job with with, with, with that um uh, that work there. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's definitely an influence and like I said, I grew up as a young kid uh, in New York listening to a lot of Latin music. Um, my parents uh, listened to a lot of music. I used to go to a lot of weddings, for example, when I was a kid, my cousins and things. And there was always a, a live salsa band at the at the uh, receptions. So I even got to hear, you know, really smoking New York salsa bands when I was like seven, eight, nine years old. And um, it definitely made an impression. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Well, hey, Eddie and Jimmy, uh, let's take a quick break and uh, check out some music here. And uh, I want to go back to 2010 for an album that featured you, Michael Landau, Robin Ford, and Gary Novak. And you guys called yourself Renegade Creation. And uh, the self-titled album featured 11 tracks of instrumentals and tunes with vocals. And uh, let's check out the last track on the album called Brothers. And this is from our guest today, Jimmy Haslip and the band Renegade Creation on Inside Music Cast.
You mentioned uh, Joe Vanelli working with you a little while ago on, on Nightfall. Um, this is also a great project, and uh, you know when when you, he started working with you in producing this 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 body of work. Um, how did you both work together? Can you tell us a little bit about Joe? He's a great pianist. He's a great musician. I don't know if people know that, but uh, he's a great writer. And, you know, how did you, did you bring compositions to the table? Did you write with him? Yeah. Did you get that sound? How did that work on, on Nightfall? It's a nice project. Well, on that particular record, I had um, a pretty extensive pile of tunes that I'd been working on, and not all of them were finished. So I sat down with him, I played him some of the things I had, and he was inspired by what I had, and I offered to, you know, work on this record together and and, uh, and do some co-writing and, and obviously co-producing. Um, and he was totally into it. He has a really wonderful studio facility out in uh, Agoura Hills, and um, I've recorded there a lot, so I'm very comfortable in that space. And um, he and I have a chemistry, and we... We enjoyed a lot of the same music, and again, as you said, he's a wonderful keyboardist, and uh, he's an incredible engineer and a mixing engineer, which is even more special, and he's also a great producer, so uh, the whole package is there. I just added myself and the music and whatever I could you know, bring to the table as far as production and uh, arranging and and uh, and performance. Yeah, so yeah. We had a ball making the record. I released it a few years ago, and it's basically unheralded. I I just put it out on iTunes. Um, there was no label. There was no budget really. Um, I I provided the financing for it, and Joe. Uh, also um, helped out with studio time. And together we, we did this record. So as, as you might notice, the record is it's my record, but it features Joe Vanelli. Yeah, it um, does. Yeah, Because it was a, a real collaborative project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A neat track on this album that I, I need to pull out is, is The Third Man. It's uh, wow. it, it's such a beautiful piece. It works... In, it works your sound and his sound together in a neat way. It has it's upbeat. It backs down. It's uh, it's just a great jazz tune. I really I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank yeah. you very much. I'll tell you what. While we're on the topic of this track, the third man, uh, let's go ahead and uh, check it out from the 2011 album release Nightfall, which features Joe Vanelli and our guest today, Jimmy Haslip, on Inside Music Cast. Thank you. 
Hey, Jimmy, you know, you've been traveling the world the past few years with various artists. And, um, you know, I want to talk about a few artists that you're either producing, co-producing or recording with. And uh, the first one that comes to mind is uh, Jeff Richmond, who uh, recorded uh, a new project called Hotwire. <laughs> yes, uh, it's my second production for him. Uh, about a year and a half or so ago, I produced a record with him called Big Wheel. Okay. And uh, we had so much fun doing that record, he called me and asked me to co-produce this new record. And he had some very interesting ideas. In fact, I sent you a track that I produced. was actually the first tune we recorded. And um, it, it came about that uh, Mike Stern was here in town playing Catalina Bar and Grill, which is the local L.A. jazz yeah. club. Yeah, we've been there. Cool place. And so Jeff had gone to Berkeley with with Mike Stern. I played with Mike Stern. We did a collaborative project together with the Yellow Jackets, uh-huh. a record called Life Cycle, and we toured two years behind that record. Um, so Jeff came to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about asking Mike Stern to join me on a couple of tracks to get this thing started. And I thought, hey, that's a great idea. He also invited Anthony Jackson, who was touring with mm-hmm. Mike uh, on this tour. And so I had the pleasure of working with Mike and Anthony Jackson, and I brought in drummer uh, Gary Novak yeah. into the fold, and we cut two songs. Uh, North Shore is the name of the track I sent you, and mm-hmm. that was literally the first tune we recorded for uh, Hot Wire. Okay. And, um, it got, got the ball rolling. Well, guys, let's pause for a second, and let's check out a track from, uh, well, actually, this is a sneak peek of the track called North Shore that Jimmy uh, sent over to us, and uh, this is from the upcoming album release by Jeff Richmond and the album called Hotwire. And, of course, it was co-produced by our guest today, Jimmy Haslip, on Inside Music Cast.
another artist uh, that you've worked with. Uh, his name is Randy Burnson, who you mentioned a little earlier. Uh, tell us about the project you have been working on with Randy. And with Randy, I met quite a few uh, years ago. He was a close friend of Jaco Pastorius, who was my teacher. Yeah. And um, I actually really got close to uh, Randy when I started doing the Jaco Big Band Tribute Records um, for mm-hmm. Heads Up. There was two records that we worked on together, and... I also did a Japanese tour and some dates uh, in the in the United States. So I got to hang with Randy, and Randy had done a lot of solo work. He had quite a few records out on his own. So I was really surprised when he called me and asked me if I'd be interested in producing his new record. He hadn't had a record out in a while. So he sent me some music, and I thought it was wonderful music and we talked about personnel and uh there's a lot of interesting musicians on this record i got peter erskine playing drums uh bobby thomas who played with peter in weather report yeah othello monu is a guest um he played steel drums in jocko's word of mouth band with peter i got scott kinsey from tribal tech to play keyboards mm-hmm. um Scott was, I guess, a programmer and a tech for Joe's Zolinul for the last uh, three or four years of Joe's uh, life. Yeah. And Randy, the whole connection here is that Randy played with Joe's Zolinul and Zolinul Syndicate. So really, okay. yeah. So you know, in thinking about Randy doing a record, I thought uh, it'd be interesting to bring that element into his solo project. He actually did a tribute to the Joe, because we lost Joe a few years ago, sadly. And so Randy wrote a tune called Malibu Man, which was dedicated to Joe's own. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe lived in Malibu. (laughs) Yeah, cool. So I have some really interesting musicians on that record. Uh, Steve Tavlioni, there's a, a drummer from Hungary that's been playing in the Zolinol tribute band. Uh, his name is Gergo Borlai, and I got Gary Novak on there, Luis Conte. So it's really wonderful musicians, and the music's great. And that record is now titled Grace Notes, and uh, should be coming out a little bit later this year. Very nice, very cool. nice. You know, we've got an eye on uh, another musician that you've been working with. His name is Michael Schmidt. We believe that he's a German artist. Is that correct? A keyboardist? Yes, he is. is he's, he? uh, he's from Bremen, uh, Germany, okay. and he's a composer. And this was a uh, new, new record that just came out called Utopia. Uh, it's my second production for him. Um, I produced a record for him a couple of years ago with Mitch Foreman, yeah. uh, a piano player. So this, is a, this was a very ambitious project. Utopia has 20... Eight musicians. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, it's a long list. <laughs> but mo- mostly the core, I'm playing bass, Vinny Coluta on drums, Virgil Donati's on drums on several pieces. There's a guitarist from Israel who lives in New York named Oz Noy. Yeah. Playing on. He's fantastic. Music. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mitch Foreman plays a lot of the keyboards on the record. Did Steve Weingart contribute? Steve Weingart? Did he go did he play a little bit on it? Uh, he 
He's on a track. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I got a lot of guys all over the place <laughs> that played on a, like a tune or two. Alan Pasqua, Steve Weingart, Jeff Lorber played on something. Yeah. Um, Brandon Fields, uh, Scott, Brandon Fields, Scott Kinsey, Walt Fowler, Bruce Fowler, Wow, Bob Franceschini, Bob Mincer, you know Luis Conte again. Uh, it's a a big pile. Mike Miller. Guitar player, oh, yeah. uh, Jeff Riston's on something, and um, there also I, there's a whole track uh, that features a group called Metro, yeah, uh, which is led by a drummer from Germany named Wolfgang Hafner, and he um, he's joined in his band uh, Metro with Chuck Loeb on guitar, Mitch Foreman on keyboards, and a, a fine bass player by the name of Nicholas Fitzman. Okay. Uh, who also tours with Dominic Miller? Uh, wow. okay. Oh yeah, thing. Yeah, we've we've had Dominic on the show before. Yeah, he's great. I love Dominic, and um, so it's a very ambitious project. The music is very complex, and uh, Michael Schmidt is an incredible composer, and he used to be a a, a big band drummer, and he later just became a keyboardist and mm -hmm. a composer. This is a record that we definitely hi highly recommend. It, I've, I've heard a couple <laughs> tracks, and it's it's pretty insane. I mean, it sounds uh, like, yeah, it's like an all-star lineup. Well, I, these are the kinds of things I, I'm lucky enough to be involved in. I'm also producing uh, this singer from Istanbul and doing a very interesting project. It's actually two records, one in English and one in Turkish. And... Uh, the core band was myself with Gary Novak and Scott Kinsey on keyboards. Yeah. And then we added quite a few musicians. Uh, Arto Tunspayatsian, the percussionist with Zominal Syndicate, is playing percussion on the whole record as well. So yeah. that'll be coming out sometime later this year, too. Cool. Hey, by the way, we want to congratulate you with your contribution to uh, on a project that Jeff Lorber uh, I believe he played with, with Chuck Loeb. Uh, it's the, the the album called Jazz Funk Soul, and it uh, it was nominated for a Grammy this year. So all your performances did rather well getting that nomination. So congratulations on that. Didn't want to forget about that. Well, thank you very much. I yeah. was glad to uh, work with those guys. I did some touring with them very lightly because, mm -hmm. I, like I say, I've been home mostly producing, but I did go out do some dates with them, and then we worked on this record. I contributed something to the record, so I feel very proud that it was nominated. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a great, um, <laughs> there's a guy named Andy Milne, and uh, you produced a great project. It's called Forward in All Directions, and uh, it features Andy's, uh, I guess his, his group is called Dap Theory. Is that correct? And that's correct. Yeah, that band's been around for a while. Yeah. It's under the radar. So. Tell us about working with Andy and how you crossed paths and how your contribution with him uh, and what it, how, how deep did you go with this project? I, I met Andy s several years ago through a, a friend, a drummer named Bobby Columby. Mm -hmm. And Bobby was a fan of this group, and he said, you got to hear these guys. So I, I saw them play here in L.A., they're they're based out of New York, but Andy's Canadian. He's from Toronto originally. Really? Okay. But uh, Andy lives in the U.S. He's um, he lives in New York and he lives in Pennsylvania. 
Um, he is a phenomenal, incredible piano player. That's all I can tell you. He's he's a serious musician. Uh, he came out of the Steve Coleman M Bass group hmm. with musicians like uh, Terry Lynn Carrington, Cassandra Wilson, Lonnie Plaxico, Greg Osby. So, you know, he came out of that group and he started this band, Bath Theory. It's gone through a few different personnel changes, but mm-hmm. the band he's got now is absolutely wonderful. And he asked me to co produce this new record which came out last year, and he's been out on tour promoting it. It's avant-garde. It's a very complex but very interesting, uh, beautiful music. It is. It's um, extremely well-composed pieces and just, you know, top-shelf musicianship all the way around. Uh, It was a joy working with them. And Andy's a, just an incredible guy. Yeah. So I felt fortunate to be asked to, to uh, produce this record. Yeah, the album, the band's called uh, Dap Theory, and the album's called Forward in All Directions. Highly recommended for listening. It's a very eclectic piece of work. Um, hey, I want to expand a little bit. We've been talking about you working with a lot of people from literally uh, on a global basis. Um, but there's one guy from Indonesia that uh, founded a, a band or an orchestra, if you call it, uh, the World Peace Orchestra. And when you mentioned yeah, that to me uh, over the weekend, you know, you said he's a keyboardist and his name is Dweeki Darwin. Tell us about right. Dweeki because uh, you have you have some fond experiences in working with him. And, uh, and uh, I, I think uh, he's one of the guys that the Yellow Jackets was a big influence on. Tell us about working with Dweeki. Well, he was a big fan of the Yellow Jackets. I met him through a vibraphonist that I produced by the name of Roger Byrne. And uh, Dweeki's been the Minister of Culture in, in uh, Indonesia. Hmm. So I'm, I got to meet him through Roger. I did some recording with him here in Los Angeles with Frank Gambali and Walfredo Reyes on drums. Mm-hmm. Roger was playing vibraphone and a saxophonist named Andy Suzuki. So from that, uh, I ran into Dweeky several times, did some different projects with him, and then just recently I did a new record with him that's called Passion, Love, Life. Yes. And um, it's a beautiful record, and it features uh, Chad Wackerman on drums, right. with uh, myself on bass, and two absolutely wonderful Indonesian guitar players, one by the name of Dewa Bujana, uh, who has his own solo career as well and a lot of records. I think he just did a new record with Jack DeJanette. And uh, trying to think, uh, I know uh, Lincoln Goines was involved in that, maybe Gary Husband on drums Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another guitar player by the name of Babati Hutomo, who actually, um, a year and a half ago, I did a trio record with him, with Chad. So, you know, it's like, you know, all in the family there. We made that record a year and a half ago, and then now we've done this recording with Dweeky, and uh, Chad and I went to Indonesia in February, and we did a half dozen dates to promote this new Passion Love Life record. Mm-hmm. And that was 
really a pretty wonderful little run of dates. Wow. And we got to play with both Diwa Pujana and Papati uh, Utomo. And on one of the dates, we actually got to play with a, a 12-piece Balinese gamelan group, which wow. was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, to say that uh, Topati Hutomo is just another guitarist in Indonesia, it's, 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 a very, it's much, uh, very much an understatement because he's one of the most famous guitarists. I mean, he's yes, a legend he in Indonesia, yes. so he's huge. He's totally huge. Yeah. And uh, I did a, uh, the trio record I did with Chad and myself and him. Uh, it's called Tribal Dance. Very cool record. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, one more uh, artist that we'd like to throw out, and the, and the one guy that you work with is uh, a guitarist, Bill Gable. Uh, you produced, and, or actually you played on his No Straight Lines recording, and uh, he plays, it, it, I believe it's it's a classical guitar. It sounds like a nylon guitar, nylon string guitar. And uh, he does some vocals that are, tell us about this project here. Yes, he's a, he's a multi-instrumentalist. He, he actually plays percussion, he plays keyboards, he does play nylon string guitar and steel string guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays cello, and he's a vocalist. He's a singer-songwriter. This is a new record. I did a record with him some years ago on a label called Private Music that had some very interesting musicians. Steve Rodby uh, from the Pat Metheny group played upright bass. Okay. Uh, then, and also played on this, mostly on this new record. I played... Uh, an acoustic bass guitar on several tracks, and it's definitely influenced uh, in flamenco, folk music, mm-hmm. and pop music. So it's a very interesting record. I think you would enjoy listening to it. I have listened to a few tracks already, and when you mentioned the word flamenco, I mean because he does some vocals, and uh, it's I've I've heard some flamenco um, Spanish lyrics being sung. In the past, yes. and this guy, he does the English lyric to the flamenco style vocals, Very and cool. it's really, really out of this world. You've got to listen to this. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome recording. Yeah, and uh, I was honored to work with Bill on this record. Yeah, you know, and we're almost ready to wrap up here, uh, Jimmy. But you know, in in looking at just the questions that we've covered and the artists that you've you've covered, you know, in the past few years, uh, from Bill Gable to you know Michael Schmidt, you know, you you you're starting to expand into a whole new international genre of production and uh, influence. Um, wow, I'm I'm mildly surprised as to where where, where your production skills are leading you these uh, you know these past few days, and it's very recent. So, tell us what you plan to do over the next uh, you know the next this next year. What do you, what do you foresee happening? I'm going to continue uh, working with a lot of different artists. I have some things coming up this summer that I'm not at liberty to talk about, but mm-hmm. I have some negotiation to do. I also should mention that, you know, Je- Jeff Lorber and I basically have formed a, a, a production company, so we are producing things together as well, uh, including uh, uh, this past year we produced two Norwegian artists, uh, a singer named Teresa Ulvan and a saxophonist named Teddy A. Lee. And um, those records are out. Teddy A.'s record is called Bright Moments, and Teresa Ulvan's uh, new record is called Love True. And uh, okay. Teresa is a pop singer, and uh, 
singer-songwriter, and Tedier's a, a jazz saxophonist. Wow, that's very cool. That's so good stuff. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep plowing forward, and I'm gonna keep learning more and more about production, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy myself working with artists from all over the world and from here in the U.S. And you know, I should mention I that I also have worked up in Canada. I produced a, a really fine singer piano player by the name of Carol Wellsman. Hmm. Okay. And she sang in five languages. So wow. we recorded songs in Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, English, and uh, French. Wow. And if you get a chance, it's self-titled. It's called Carol Wellsman. Wow, Carol and Wellsman. She's, she's a fine piano player as well. But uh, I did that up in Toronto some years ago. Yeah, it's really neat. Well, Jimmy, it sounds like you're having lots of fun. I am. <laughs> hey, hey, Jimmy, are you going to be on? Are you going to be touring with Jeff Lorber this summer as well? I will be. Uh, I right now we only have dates up through uh, sometime in June. Yeah, and then uh, I'm sort of dedicating July to be here in Los Angeles. That's a big touring season, but I have some production projects lined up that I'm going to be uh, working on here in July and August. And then I think uh, I resume with Jeff. There's some dates I know in my book in September and October. And then I have some potential dates coming up in November with Alan Halsworth's trio okay. uh, with Virgil Donati. Wow. Well, Eddie and I will probably see you in, in June because you're going to be in our area. I spoke to Jeff uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he told me he's going to, you guys are going to be out in our area uh, in June. So I'm actually trying to dig up a bass amp for you. <laughs> uh, is, that in, is that in Indianapolis? Yeah, the Indianapolis show, right, at the Jazz yeah. Kitchen. Uh, we love that place. Yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> it's a nice little club, and, and the food is fantastic. So <laughs> I know. I know. They, I think they have a... A killer, is it a plank salmon or something like that? They do have a really good salmon. <laughs> they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, this is a good commercial for the Jazz Kitchen. You, no doubt. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks. We'll look so, forward to seeing you then. Yeah, we'll definitely be there, and we're, we're looking forward to it as well. We'll have to chat then. And uh, thanks so much for spending uh, all this time with us. And, uh, you know, we we didn't talk as much today about, you know, uh, your your own musical path, but, you know, I mean, in terms of performance. <laughs> but uh, we've talked about a lot of people you've produced, and it's 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 been very educational, to say the least. Definitely. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. You guys uh, be well, and, and thanks again for inviting me on the show. Anytime, anytime. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Bye-bye now. Special thanks to Jimmy Haslip for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Mikhail Ingstrom, Loretta Sassaman, Scott Sheriff, Don Brightup, and Mats Unilon for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast.